Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Body Laces podcast. My name is Bill Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? Absolutely hyped for football. How about you, Bilal? I'm right there with you. It's football eve, we can call it. Yeah, and we haven't had preseason, too. So, you know, even though preseason is kind of like the games you don't really care about unless you want to see like five minutes of the starters and then everybody else battling for a roster spot. But, you know, even I would watch the Hall of Fame game at the beginning of August just because it's football, you know. Exactly. And now we're just uh, less than 24 hours away before the Chiefs and the Texans kick it off. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a great game or not. They're both great teams, but also they didn't have playoffs. So I I don't want it to be another playoff no, game. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, preseason, that's right. I don't want it to be like a, a preseason opener kind of game where it's just, you know, punting back and forth, uh, cough, cough, Packers and Bears from had to go there. last season. You had to go there. Yeah, it was – that was not a fun game. But All right. anyway, yeah. So earlier this week, we got to hold a roundtable with some of our current and former colleagues from Radio DePaul Sports, and we discussed – a wide variety of topics, including what they were looking forward to for the upcoming season. Yeah. So that was a really fun experience that we haven't gotten to do yet. And we just kind of hope to do in the future, just because of how good this one went. So uh, let's just get right into it and uh, hear what we had to say. Welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us. We have a very, very loaded room here. A lot of different personalities, a lot of different opinions. Uh, why don't we have all of you introduce each other? Charlie, if you want to start. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, Charlie Bevins, um, uh, senior to Paul this year. I'm uh, the podcast fellow along with uh, you, Trenton. Um, anything, uh, anything I, I like the Bears, which is uh, not great. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's all I got. All right. Not much cool. else to me. <laughs> all right, why don't we move it on to Jacob? Okay, howdy. I'm Jacob Ellis. I'm a sophomore here at DePaul. I'm a Raiders fan, and I don't know what else to mention. <laughs> Perfect. All right, why don't we go to Nick Cans? <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's a pleasure to be on. Uh, with Trenton and Bilal. I am Nick Gans, um, Bears, Bears fan, um, unfortunately, for my whole life. But, you know, this is the year. This is the year. I'm ready. Go Mitch. <laughs> we, we can get into that a little bit later. And, and why I'm don't... sure we will. <laughs> All right. And, of course, last but not least, we have our very professionally dressed uh, unofficial NFL insider, Abbas, take it away. That, that sounds pretty accurate. I'm a uh, now a DePaul alumni who doesn't give back to the school. So when they call for money, I say no. Uh, I'm still waiting for my uh, helping still out. waiting for my diploma. Um, what it's been four months almost. So still waiting for my diploma. Still trying to see if I actually uh, graduated or not. So you know that's how it is. I'm, I'm also 
more of an NBA guy. So if you hear anything that sounds really stupid out of my mouth, it's probably because it is stupid. <laughs> all right. That's all I got. <laughs> we, we love to have all of you. Very excited for this show. All right. So the first thing we wanted to ask all of you is how you think the NFL has handled this entire pandemic in the off season. And what are you, what are you expecting for the regular season? It looked pretty bad there for a little bit. Like once training camp started, uh, it really seemed like it was pretty unclear between the players and owners, kind of what the protocols are going to be. Uh, one of the big criticisms was you have all this time and you didn't really develop a cohesive plan in that time. Since then, it seems like it's gotten, it's gotten better when they did their testing earlier in August, they had a positivity rate of like 4.46% or something like that. And the, uh, obviously every team has their own specific set of protocols, but it really does seem, I think more than any set of protocols, uh, ultimately I think players are going to determine how this goes more so than I think any, uh, like I said, protocol uh, does. It seems like they're kind of going with the way the MLB went um, in terms of their plan. Uh, obviously you can't do a bubble. I mean, that's just, you can't really do it for as long as they would have to, but they're, you know, baseball had a really rough two weeks earlier in the season, but since then, it's, uh, they haven't really had anything like they had at the Marlins or the Cardinals. Um, and plus, I think with football, to play on a once-per-week basis, I think, lends itself to just a better, you know, like if you, if you have somebody test positive on Monday, you know by Thursday how much, uh, if there was an outbreak or not, and in that time, you probably won't have missed any games unless obviously you have like a Thursday night game or something like that. But I don't know. I think uh, it looked bad at first, but it seems like they're kind of on the right track. It seems like players are taking this pretty seriously. I Yeah, I would agree with uh, a lot of what Charlie said. I think the one kind of, uh, you know, hiccup or possible hiccup was the whole, um, you know, owners versus players. But I think surprisingly – uh, I feel like the NFL handled the offseason pretty well. I mean, you think back all the way to, back to April with the draft, um, which I thought actually went uh, pretty well, everything considered, uh, being virtual. Um, but, yeah, the, the one thing that um, is not bothering me, but it, it's a question I have, is that you have some teams who are going to have fans, you know, up to a certain number, and some teams won't. So I'm just interested to see how like that plays out. Like is, is the league going to come down and set, um, you know, a precedent for every team to follow or are they going to, you know, leave it into the hands of teams and maybe gradually they'll increase the number of fans uh, who can be allowed in. Uh, I don't know. That just seems like they're playing with fire a bit, but you know, we'll see how it goes. Going to your point right there. I think the dolphins have like 13,000 fans that are allowed in and the Chiefs are also going to have a certain amount of people. And so it also just depends on the city and what their laws and regulations are at the moment. I think uh, Trent and I discussed this last week, which was that the league is also going to be providing like a fake crowd noise, a standard sound for every stadium to use. So it somewhat provides that atmosphere, but also at the same time, it still keeps that like, the fairness of the game. The one thing I saw about the whole different teams have it is just that it seems to be, like, very different by team. Like, 
So I think Jacksonville said 25% attendance and the Colts are the lowest of this. They have like 3%. So I think it really is going to come to see like if there are outbreaks caused by fans at the game, if it's actually like dependent on attendance or not, if any of the other stadiums open up. One thing uh, we were talking about a bubble earlier, I think Sean Payton brought it up how they might be considering a bubble once it comes down to playoff time. Yeah. That way you can limit it that way. Yeah, I know baseball wants to try something like that. I think uh, the, the NFL had the biggest advantage in the sense that all this happened while they were in their off season, so they could kind of yeah. they could kind of look at the other leagues as almost their guinea pigs. And mm-hmm. if if baseball does a bubble and it goes well uh, in October, I you know I, I think it's almost certainly that that's what uh, that's what the NFL would do. Things have been good so far, so let's. Uh, and we're just a couple of days away from the actual first game, so it'll be interesting to see where it goes uh i think a lot of us most of us are roughly from the same area so we following the same team but like what's something you guys are been looking forward to for your favorite team for this upcoming season is any story following i'm the one who's out of chicago area i'm in san francisco bay area and i was a raiders fan now i'm still in vegas it's sad but still staying on them and they actually, I think with the three wild card structure they added in, and I think the fact that the AFC seems a lot weaker than the NFC this year, I just They've think like they, they now it's a lot weaker though, just with some of the changes. I think they actually have a really good shot, and they've got like now I think it's the year that it's make or break pretty much for Gruden if like can it's just because he's slowly built up the team in his image how he wants it. So now it's pretty much will it work and they can get to the playoffs. Gruden's still got that 10-year contract, though, so I don't think he's going away anywhere. Any, yeah, Gruden has a super soon. long leash, I'd imagine. I think um, for me, uh, obviously, like I said, I'm a Bears fan. There's, I'm pretty pessimistic about this team as a whole, uh, but I am pretty excited to see their defense. I think you had, uh, you had Robert Quinn on the edge. He was fantastic last year with Dallas. I think that's an upgrade over Leonard Floyd. And they bring back Akeem Hicks. Uh, obviously, you have Eddie Jackson at safety. You can do a lot worse than Tayshawn Gibson and Deion Bush as your, you know, as your, as your strong safety. Their cornerbacks, I was obvi- obviously with Fuller and Screen, that's kind of set in the slot. And it was announced mm-hmm. today that Jalen Johnson would be the starter, the rookie from uh, Utah. They're paper thin at uh, cornerback and in their secondary, though. So they're, if any of those guys get hurt, they, I, I don't know who steps up for them. And then uh, I love Roquan Smith. He had a tough year last year, but I think if he has a bounce back year, uh, he could be really exciting for that team. But that's like the only thing that you can be excited about, I think, if you're a Bears fan, is their defense. I mean, Alan awesome. Robinson's going to be great again. But honestly, I'm, I'm just looking forward to, like, who plays quarterback next year? Because, like, I feel like when <laughs> – Trubisky and Foles, I feel like it's already a lost season uh, because of, uh, you know, how pathetic every every quarterback decision the Bears have made uh, so far is. Maybe Trubisky finally put, puts it together, but, like, I, it's, I, I feel like now it feels like it's a 1% chance because, like, the way you would see him, like, the last few years, it's like the man couldn't throw down the field. Uh, it felt like every time they dropped back to pass, uh, I had that same, like, Jake Cutler fear where I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's going to be interception, it's going to be turnover. Uh, they're at, like, their own 20. It's about to be a touchdown for the other team. And I feel like that's going to continue for a while, especially if they're just, like, mediocre 
and their draft pick isn't high enough to actually get somebody good. So yeah, like Charlie said, I'm I'm pretty pessimistic about this Bears team. All right, I don't I uh, I, I don't mean to lower the credibility of the podcast here, but I'm gonna go a little meatball here for a second. Look, I I've been waving my Mitch jersey I have on here um, a little bit sarcastically. Look, I don't think he's great. I don't even think he's good. But to me, this competition was – it was uh, a rock and a hard place. Like, I don't think both guys are going to be here in, you know, two, three years even. But but with all that being said, Mitch won. Mitch is the guy. So I'm ready. I'm riding with Mitch because mm-hmm. we have no other option at quarterback. I mean, we have Foles. But, you know, hey, spin zone – He's always uh, been good coming off the bench, so we'll we'll roll with Mitch, who always historically has uh, lit up Detroit. We'll see how that goes. Then down the road, if Mitch is struggling, you know they'll pull him. Foles comes in as in the backup role, and we ride that momentum uh, like the bullpen ace. So I don't know. I I just don't want to go into Week One being like, all right, this this season is already done. So I'm trying to have a little faith. I'm, I'm believing in Mitch. Mitch, if you're listening, I'm believing in you. And I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, you got you to gotta be so much better than last year. So that, that's my little meatball rant. Um, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be more positive going into this year. And we'll see what Mitch can do. Yeah, I wish Mitch is. I I wish Mitch is listening right now. That'd be great. At least have some high-profile person listening in. But one thing a lot of people don't even wouldn't even realize about him is that he still has a winning record as a starter, and he's got thrown in with that horrible year with John Fox that first year, and then the playoffs the next year, the Pro Bowl, and then he gets goes eight and eight the next year. But he still also missed two games with a shoulder injury, and it wasn't even fully in. I'm not making excuses, but there's a lot of other things that went to it it's not just him so I do think sometimes we can get kind of caught up in the winning record stuff as just a result of what's around you I think with the competition I just think that it says more about Foles than it says uh about Trubisky I think it's more of a case I think Foles more lost it I guess than Trubisky won at least obviously none of us were there but I don't know it's just it's really frustrating um and I don't know if we can talk about this later or not, but you know, you give up what you gave up. I tweeted this out. You gave up what you gave up to get him and he's not even better than Mitch Trubisky apparently. And that's just, that leads to a bigger conversation. Speaking on the, the beers real quick and bring it back to Jacob Ellis, Jacob, we got Khalil Mack from you guys and you guys got a whole bunch of draft picks. How you feel about this uh, several seasons after this trade? Okay, honestly, I really hated it at the time, and I was, like, almost crying. And then, but now it's, like, it's totally actually working out because they've gotten a good good picks for it. I think it's still yet to be seen. Um, I, but, yeah, I do actually think it actually surprisingly has worked out because if they did sign him long-term, they would have not had the money to get a lot of, like, players that they've gotten now. So it actually has worked out. What do you think about that new stadium, though, that they've just built in Vegas? Oh, well, I hate the whole idea of going to Vegas. And also, I just hate it. It looks like a brand new shiny thing that's so anti-Rados. We play at the Oden Coliseum, which is just a concrete monstrosity. 
that has sewage problems, so half the game's there, you can't go to the bathroom, it's perfect for the Raiders. So it's just terrible that they left that. And I like the design of it. It's sort of like a brand new, just as a, not as a, because I'm not a Raiders fan, just as a fan in general, good stadiums in the team. It's like a really nice state-of-the-art place, which I wish I could go there one day and watch a game. Yeah. Well, I like the I, I like the look of it, but just with all these state-of-the-art stadiums, what almost always happens is just no one who – it's less low-income people can afford to go to the game. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. And then it's also just – yeah, it's just a bunch of like really – and then with the 49ers stadium, when they were playing – because they built Levi's a couple of years ago, when they first started playing there and they got bad, all the season ticket leader, season ticket holders left, and there would be empty seats and like good games. That sometimes happens. Like the people who have more money are less interested, and they just don't show up. One last tidbit I want to add is that when you mentioned Levi's, the Bears and the Niners played their first game there, and the Bears beat them. There you go. That was the uh, that was when Fuller had two interceptions, and Marshall had that one-handed grab. Marshall, yeah, Marshall had three touchdowns. I, I finally felt something for the first time. That was fun to watch. So we have all these different quarterbacks that just switch teams. Tom Brady to the Bucks, Phillip Rivers to the Colts, Teddy Bridgewater to the Panthers, on and on. Which one of these guys is going to have the most success with their new team? Honestly, I feel like, and, and I hate that I'm saying it because I hate New England, but um, I feel like Cam Newton will have success in, in, in New England. It's just the fact that it is New England, which uh, gives me a little bit of optimism that that would work out. And I feel like uh, he kind of got a bad – he's got, like, this bad reputation right now after one bad injury-plagued year. So, honestly, I feel like he can, he can make a comeback over there in New England. And who knows, maybe New England is still good uh, next year and moving forward if, if Cam Newton can, you know, look like he did before maybe. It's only health with him, I think. I think that's the only thing. I mean, yeah. in, you look at 2018 – Earlier on in that season before he got hurt in 2018, the Panthers were awesome. He was really good with North Turner. And then last year, you know, he was hurt in the preseason. We really didn't even see him. He got hurt week one. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with Boston. You know, they obviously signed him for nothing. For I think it was like a million dollars. So, you know, he's, um, he comes, comes very uh, at a very low price. And, but when you get – a fourth-round pick and $21 million, million guaranteed or whatever it was for Nick Foles, and then $1 million for Cam Newton and no draft picks for a team that really needs draft picks because they don't have many. I mean, that's, that's the kind of decision that can get you fired if, if Cam Newton uh, – if the Patriots get into the playoffs and Nick Foles doesn't contribute anything to the Bears. When you – you don't. You rarely get two chances at quarterback and miss on both of them and have your job. Like only John Elway in Denver can do that. Uh, it's, you know, it, that that's the kind of decision making to cover for an error that you made a long time ago. Uh, that's the kind of wrong decision that really makes it hard to keep you around. It's almost like, what do you do around here? Yeah, I feel like that's a the same debate a lot of teams are going to end up having, especially if if Cam ends up looking like he did before. And I don't see any reason why he would regress. Because, like, has he actually shown regression or has it just been injuries? Like you it's said, 2018, I, I think they were 5-1 they were and one or 5-2 and two to start out the year, and then he got hurt. Uh, and they had no answer to, to replace him even for a couple weeks. So, like, there's no reason to think he wasn't good. And the fact that he lasted that long 
and nobody signed him. And like you said, the amount that the Bears gave up for Foles and the money and whatnot, it's just sad to see it happen. It's hard to imagine Cam Newton would go to a place like New England, which is a, uh, a coaching staff that is so willing to be as malleable as possible for not only every game they play, but for every quarterback that's in there. It's impossible to think that Cam would go there and somehow be worse than he was, you know, X amount of years, you know, two or three years ago. You still had Bill Belichick in there too. So I mean, exactly when Brady tore his ACL back in '08, they still went like eleven and five. Matt Castle, so, yeah, like that's Matt crazy. <laughs> they, it's like a quarterback factory there in a way. Like he can work with anyone, and they ship him off to other places, and then they don't do as well. And then uh, also. Cam's teammates are also pretty much um, in line with him because I said they love I read him. that they were going to vote him captain. So it's a, it's a good sign. Is there any team you guys feel that is so far at this moment, right before the season, is being overhyped? And which team do you think is not appreciated enough at the moment? Uh, the Detroit Lions. Overhyped. <laughs> That's classic <laughs> Lions, though. Well, you know, Kans, I, I want to take the, the opposite viewpoint, but go first, please. Well, okay, look, nothing against the city of Detroit. I've never been there, so I don't know. You know, I, I can't speak. But I, this is still the Lions we're talking about, one of the, the worst franchises in NFL history. You know, Matt Stafford's back. Um, you know, they had David Blau and uh, what's his other face playing uh, quarterback for them last year. but. I, it's it's still the Lions to me. And I think it's more, you know, I'll believe it when I see it with them. You know, I mean, Jeff Okuda, um, who, who I really like from Ohio State, uh, who was their top draft uh, draft choice. You know, they're bringing in uh, Adrian Peterson, you know, okay. Uh, although they did get um, that one guy from Georgia, I think, Swift. He, you know, he might be pretty good, but – I don't know. I'm just not buying. I'm not buying the Lions hype. So that's. I think they're overhyped. A, a boss. I'm. I'm interested to hear your take. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of the opposite. I feel like they can make some noise this year. I, I'm still a big Matt Stafford fan. When he can stay healthy, he was having such a good year last year too. Before the injury, um, he's got amazing weapons around him. The run game should be improved, but like I feel like. The run game should always be improved in Detroit, but it never actually gets there. Um, I do love Kenny Galladay, and the rest of the receiving core is still good. And then I feel like their defense will improve. And also, I feel like it's also that the NFC North seems like it's kind of regressing a little bit. Um, the Bears are the Bears. Um, and, and I really think Green Bay might take a, a step backwards this year, especially after having such a weird, like, strange draft that didn't really – seem like they were trying to win to win now uh obviously everybody it's it's that you know it's the popular pick that Aaron Rodgers is regressing to and that he's going to be even worse this year uh I can get behind that because if it means the Packers suffering I'm all for it uh the Vikings too uh no more digs I feel like the defense is going to regress a bit Kirk Cousins is a buffoon uh, and I, I really think they're primed for aggression too so I feel like it's it's it now's the time for the Lions to kind of Rise up, uh, hashtag Detroit versus everyone. So uh, I'm behind the Lions this year. That's the first time I've honestly ever heard someone who's not already a Lions fan 
come out and really give a full-throated defense to the Lions. They don't get enough love. I have to give them a little. Maybe it's just a little bit of love here. Yeah, I'll. Uh, you know, I'll. I'll join you, Abbas. I'm not. A lot of people in the last like month have been really in on the Lions. I'm not there yet, but I don't think they're going to be. They're going to be better than they were last year, and that's just by virtue of getting Matt Stafford back, presumably healthy. For I mean, Matt Stafford was one of the best quarterbacks in football through four weeks last year, or whatever it was, until he got hurt. Uh, I like DeAndre Swift a lot. I think he's going to be a big player uh, in in their backfield. Obviously, Kenny Galladay. If if TJ Hawkinson takes a really big step forward, which is a big if when it comes to tight ends, but it just seems like Iowa tight ends always figure it out um, in their second or third year. You know that that really changes how you how you have to defend them. You can't just body Galladay and uh, man up on Marvin Jones. Then you have another thing to worry about if if Hawkinson takes a step forward. They lose, they trade Slay, and I, I don't really think they're going to miss a step by bringing in Okuda to replace him. So I think this it's going to be an improved Lions team. I just don't trust Matt Patricia as a coach to get the most out of them. Like I think um, I think other good coaches would be able to. There's an interesting um, article I just came across on ESPN where they literally uh, simulated the entire season and gave us scores and stats and everything and scrolled over to the end you see that they have the Chiefs and Cowboys in the Super Bowl with the Chiefs winning 42 to 17. I know we haven't even started the actual season but just to see that matchup they think the Chiefs are repeating. Um, kind of your uh, I since you bring up Dallas um, I was actually not, to, not to jump yeah, not to jump ahead. I love Dallas this year. I think they're going to be – I think they they might be the second or third best team in the NFC. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they ended up being the best, mostly because I love Dak Prescott. I love their receivers. They bring in CeeDee Lamb. I think Michael Gallup would be the number one wide receiver on uh, a lot of teams. Sorry, I didn't even cut you off a lot, by the way. Um, but the uh, – you have Amari Cooper, obviously. You have Zeke. You have that offensive line. It ultimately comes down to how much uh, Mike McCarthy is willing to give Kellen Moore the reins. Because when mm-hmm. Kellen Moore was doing your offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, I should specify when he was when he was calling plays uh, early in the season last year, they were terrific. Uh, but then you can you can see Jason Garrett's influence on it, insisting on having. Uh, on having Ezekiel Elliott run as uh, you know a baseline amount of times in every game, I think Mike McCarthy's issues in Green Bay are different than the issues that the Cowboys had with Jason Garrett. Albeit, uh, he still comes from a different sort of era mindset, but ultimately he just didn't get along with Aaron Rodgers, and that kind of ended up being his downfall. I don't think that the problems that Jason Garrett had are similar to the ones that McCarthy uh, had in Green Bay. And because of that, I, I don't – I think he's going to be willing to uh, really give the reins over to more, but I think that is ultimately what's going to really depend or what's going to um, be the biggest impact on their season. No, you're, you're good, Charlie. Um, the point to bring that up was to find some way to get into the Cowboys stock because another Cowboys have – they're still known as America's team, so it's like everyone is – Always, they have such high expectations, basically just off of that name. Um, last year, their offense was like ranked in the top 
and everything, but then they, they couldn't perform because they're always coming from behind. Most likely is why it was put up such big uh, statistical performances. And you mentioned the relationship between Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore. I think McCarthy's going to, I don't know if it's been announced or anything. I think he's still going to stick to the play calling because it's, he was, he was brought in though. He wouldn't want to. It, uh, it up. It, he said he's giving it to, um, that Moore will be the play caller. And he's talked about, no. what, like, one of my trepidations is when he said that he's talked about how hard it is to truly give over play calling. And a part of me worries you might get that itch if things aren't going exactly uh, exactly the way he wants to. Um, all right. So since we are somewhat getting close to the end, uh, I wanted to go through game by game and see where all you guys are on picks. Let's pick these games. Uh, so we got the first game on Thursday with the Texans and the Chiefs. Let's just go across the across and see who went, uh, picks the each winner. Uh, I had the Texans uh, not to win, but um, for the underrated question, I had the Texans. I like the Texans a lot this year, um, more so than I think a lot of people do. But I I still do think uh, the Chiefs will win. Yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs for sure. I think we get to see. Uh, it's just fun to see the Texans because we get to see all that, uh, all that freaking um, dysfunction showing up on the on on the field. Let's see how that these front office moves pay off. Deshaun Watson is just gonna throw to an area of the field and it's gonna be empty, and he's gonna be like, "What happened to DeAndre Hopkins? <laughs> Where'd he go?" <laughs> it, was, it was Randall Cobb. <laughs> that was not a smart move. I mean, honestly, when you make the head coach the general manager at the same time, it's. Uh... I mean, Bill Belichick's pulled it off for Bill Belichick. a long time. <laughs> yeah, anytime someone says, well, Bill Belichick, it's like, yeah, that's Bill Belichick. That's, that's his thing. Uh, definitely Chiefs, yeah. Uh, Chiefs. All right. Then. All right. Chiefs across. It's, it's across the board. Chiefs, yep. All right, Eagles at Washington. Eagles. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Eagles. Washington sucks. Yeah, yeah Eagles. Yeah, just Washington flat out. Sucks. <laughs> I, like, I like Ron Rivera as well, but uh, it's – He's got a lot of work to do on that team. I mean, honestly, only because the Eagles have signed Josh McCown to their practice squad and Washington a week. and Washington got rid of Adrian Peterson. Eagles twelve thousand. He's got he's on a practice squad for twelve thousand dollars a week, and he gets, he gets to, to stay, stay home. home. Yeah, he gets to sit at home, be with his family, and just chill. It's, he's one hundred ninety-two thousand dollars for the season by doing nothing. It's like Josh McCown. Dolphins and Patriots. I like the Dolphins, uh, but Patriots. 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 I think Cam Newton, Cam Newton will work out well. Packers and Vikings. Vikings. I think the Packers are going to have some regression this year. They were having the same record of one-score games. I'll go Vikings, too. I'll go Packers just to separate this up. Oof. Oof. <laughs> well, how we got some uh, division here. Colts and Jaguars. Uh, Colts. The Jaguars are a mess. Colts. Philip Rivers is going to show up. <laughs> Colts. First game. I don't think he's – he may have only uh, – sorry, it's not even a home game, I was thinking, but I read a stat somewhere Philip Rivers is one – is like one in one while playing in Indianapolis. So it's like now he's got to improve that now, now that he's actually playing on the team. Uh, okay, the big one, uh, Bears at Lions. Bears. Thank you. Yeah, week. Bears, 16-0, despite what I said. Bears, but actually the Lions. 
Yeah, Lions. You're on record here. Uh, I tried being optimistic with the Bears. It never works. So I'm just going to go full pessimism and see if it flips the script on me. Perfect. A boss is pulling the Costanza. (laughs) It's going to be interesting to see see Adrian Peterson against the Bears twice a year, but in a different uniform this time. I don't don't know how much action Adrian Peterson is going to get, to be honest. He also just got signed, so he's that's true. Good. It is yeah. it is a loaded backfield. Carry on and DeAndre Swift. I don't know if he cracks those too. Uh, what do we got? Raiders and Panthers. I'm looking directly at Jacob right now. <laughs> yeah, Raiders. Henry, Henry Ruggs is going to have a million yards in this game. Raiders. I like the Panthers in that one. I'm I'm sorry, Jacob. I'm the odd man out here, but I like the I like the Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater. I believe in him too. Uh, Jets and Bills. Bills. Bills by 50. Oh, the Jets. Make sure you pick up Frank Gore in your fantasy leagues. Apparently, he's ahead of Le'Veon Bell. uh, Oh, no. He's at his age, though. He's going really strong. That sounds like an Onion article. (laughs) The Jets are an Onion. Might have been. (laughs) Uh, The Browns at the Ravens. Okay, you asked for prediction of craziest storyline for week one. Are you guys ready for this? I think the Browns beat the Ravens. Let's get, let's get, let's get crazy. Whoa. I like All right. I like the, I kind of like the Browns this year. I like Kevin Stefanski a lot. They get Miles Garrett back. And I think Baker Mayfield, like they improved that offensive line. I think Baker Mayfield with uh, a coach that actually knows what he's doing more than Freddie Kitchens, I just think they'll be fun. I don't know if they'll be great, but I think they'll be a fun team. Also, I think I think receivers always struggle year one with a new team. So I think Odell's going to look amazing again, uh, and I think that's going to be really big for them, especially for in terms of Baker getting better. Odell was a little bit underwhelming last year. If Kareem Hunt wasn't there, uh, Nick Chubb would have a million yards because Stefanski is so good at drawing up run plays. I uh, I have the Ravens winning that game, but don't sleep on if the Browns uh, do good this year. It's because of the uniform switch. A lot of uniform changes in the NFL. I like a lot of them. Actually, I like all of them except, well, the Rams. The Rams are are weird. But the Browns' new uniforms, I love them. Yeah, don't sleep on the new uniforms. That was a super, like, overwhelming week when all of those uniforms came out. I didn't even know about some of them. I'll take Ravens, but the Browns look good. Apparently, yeah, the okay. Browns beat the Ravens last year, week four. They did. 20 to 25. Yeah, they're second and only lo- second and last loss this season. 40 to 25. In Baltimore was the game. How much, uh, how much regression are you guys expecting from Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense this year? Or is, there, is, it, is he going to set new records this year? What do you guys think? I, that's a half to half regression. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I, I mean, he was so good last year. It's just so hard to repeat that. I do think um, uh, Marquise Brown is going to be incredible this year because if there's, they never really fully got him going as like a true deep threat last year. Um, but if if he's able to kind of unlock that for Jackson, then they're gonna. I mean, that's a whole new element to that to their offense that they didn't have as much last year. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what all these different star quarterbacks with Mahomes and Jackson and Watson and see how they continue their success. And the MVP is going to be between probably be Mahomes and Jackson again. So, um, 
Seahawks and Falcons. Seattle. Although Seattle. The, Falcons, the Falcons were my underrated team. Their entire offense, first-round draft picks, watch out for the Falcons. But I have Seahawks week one. Yeah, I got Seahawks as well. Seahawks. Seahawks. Chargers at uh, Bengals. This one's kind of interesting. This is an interesting game this year. Uh, and I love Joe Burrow. So, I don't know. Let's get crazy. Let's pick Bengals 1-0. I think Eckler's going to go off. I feel like there's been, like, some, like, controversy over, like, is he really, like, the guy there, uh, even without Melvin Gordon? Like, how good can he be? Um, I think he's going to be incredible this year for, for that team. Who is that Chargers starting at QB? Is it Hobart or is it Taylor? It's Taylor. 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 Okay, I think Chargers then, because I think he'll work well, at least for this, because it's, it's the – Board coach, the Bills board coach, right? I think. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. He already knows the system, so I think that will actually work. Watching the Chargers though on Hard Knocks this past, like, I don't think it's done yet. I think it's still have one or two episodes to go. But it's like been interesting to see how just getting that perspective inside their facility and their team of how they've done everything. Um, I haven't watched any. Of you should. You should watch. You should catch up on it. It's like. Because yeah. you get to see, we're talking about the the virus and everything, and how the the testing protocols. You get to see a behind the. That's scenes. true. Yeah, I think it would be a good look at that. It is, and the Bears have their own version of this on their website. It's called the Nineteen Twenty Football Drive. Oh, do they really? Yeah, oh, it's like cool. twenty minute episodes and stuff. They have two of them up. I think they're probably gonna have one more, and it's uh, no, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's fun to watch. I'm surprised more teams don't do that. A lot of teams don't want to be in hard knocks. Yeah, that's true. But they're not. This isn't hard knocks for the. Bears. I mean, this like their own. Studio. Yeah, I mean, like their own thing. They right. might. We don't know. Yeah. We don't pay attention to every team's social that's media true. channels. <laughs> um, we got a few more to go through. Uh, Cardinals at Niners. I'm gonna go with the Niners. I know the Cardinals are like the real big sexy pick right now, and I actually had the Niners as uh, my most overrated team. Uh, heading into this season. Uh, but I'm, I'm still going to pick them here uh, just because, you know, uh, I think everyone's expecting some huge explosive connection between Murray and Hopkins, and I'm, I'm just not sure that's going to happen week one. I'm so in, like, this NL Central mindset, this baseball mindset, that when you said Cardinals, I was like, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> but, no, I, I think I'd go with the Cardinals. I feel like, um, you know, we need a couple upsets week one, right? And uh, I feel like the Cardinals can do that, especially because I just don't like the 49ers that much. This is me with my uneducated take. Perfect. I hate the 49ers with a boning passion. I'm still picking 49ers. Um, I, I like the Niners too, but I agree with the Cardinals are a, a, a good sleeper team. They, when they went 6, 10, and – no, 5, 11. Sorry, 5, 10, and 1 last year, something like that. They had a, it's, uh, it was interesting. They have that tie game in there as well. Uh, the big game, one of the big games of the week, Saints and the Bucks. I'm going to go Saints. I think the Saints are the best, uh, are the best team in the NFC. I'm going to go Saints too. I had as my upset that the – or like that's the biggest surprise that I thought – I think Brady's not going to be perfect with the Bucks. I think there's going to be some issues with just their – just offense in the first week. So I think – and the Saints are going to carry uh, – take advantage of that. They're going to win. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints, too. I think Tampa's my overrated team. Um, so I, I'd, I'll go Saints all the way. Another team 
with good new uniforms. The Tampa Bay Bucks will win week one. Uh, don't forget, guys, Brady was down in Tampa working with uh, receivers. You know, he's breaking into strangers' houses looking for Byron Leftwich. They're watching film. So I think I think they're gonna I think they'll they'll gel week one. It might take a while to really uh, get going, but I think week one they'll be set. Bruce Arians, quarterback whisperer, Gronk is back. I like I like the Bucks. I think they'll be good. Side note: There, the Super Bowl is in Tampa this year, so no team's ever played it in their home stadium. The Cowboys and the Rams, the Sunday night game. I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. They're my team this year. Yeah, I'll go with the Cowboys too. Dak's going to keep showing everyone that he belongs in that top five, top oh, ten good, conversation. Dude. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. This one was like a toss-up for me, but I'm leaning towards the Cowboys. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they come out and just lay an egg, though. Yeah, I think I'm going with the Rams. I, that was my like biggest. I think the Rams will win. I think they've revamped the team a bit, and I think they're going to go do good. And we got the uh... – Monday night doubleheader. We got that starting off with the Steelers and the, at the Giants. I don't think the Giants are. This, this might be a little bold. I don't think the Giants are going to be that good this year. Uh, Whoa. Uh, I'll say the Steelers. You don't have faith in Eli? Oh wait. Eli's not there anymore. <laughs> For a second, Abasso was like, "What did you?" <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. The Giants, I don't think the Giants are going to be that good this year. Big Ben's first game back. I think Juju is going to be real happy to have a, a real quarterback again. <laughs> I think James Conner is going to have a big year. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Everybody on that offense is going to bounce back because you really can't get any worse than that that quarterback duo last year. And and with how good their defense was last year, the way that the the fact that they were able to literally will that team to wins, uh, they're going to love having Big Ben back, even if he is like what thirty eight now. Can I say uh? Can I say one thing about um? Before we get to this last game about my Deshaun Watson take, I think I think he's going to have the type of year where he looks at because right now it's Mahomes, Lamar. Those are like the two guys; they're the future of the NFL, undisputed. I think he's going to have the kind of year where he's like, "Okay, I'm also those guys," and just go nuts. That's my that's my prediction for this season. Like he just has one of those like holy crap years. Mm-hmm. He certainly has the potential to get there easily. And our last game, the Titans at the Broncos. Trenton's representing the Broncos at this moment right now. Except Trevor Simeon's not there anymore, which is unfortunate. Do you think you're the only person, um, like, in the, like, one of, like, eight people in the country who still has a Simeon shirt? Uh, Probably. (laughs) A couple Northwestern grads. I only yeah. knew him because he played for Northwestern. And I yeah. occasional Northwestern game. That's all I knew him from. Uh, I'll say the Titans. I bet they get some juice from Clowney. Oh, yeah, that just happened. Sorry, Trenton. Yeah, I'll go Titans, too. I love uh, – I think their offense is going to be good again. Uh, and not even just the running game. I think the passing game is going to be really good as well. Yeah, I'm going Titans. I, I had them as, like, my sleepful team this year. I think Titans can be really good this year. I'm riding with Trenton. I, I think the uh, Broncos will win that game. I, a, a lot of it, you know, depends on Drew Locke. But, I mean, that offense, they got, they got some uh, good, good young receivers. Noah Fant. I, I think the uh, Broncos might be uh, a good 
I, I just got to be believing right now in the Vic Fangio defense, you know, second year. Just, just got to hope something, something good happens with him. All right. Uh, we've made it through all of the games. Uh, thank you, everybody, for coming on and giving us your amazing takes, your amazing knowledge. Always fun to have so many people in a, in a room together just chatting football, a socially distanced room. I should add over here, here at uh, Radio DePaul Sports, all of us. Um, do some other time. Let's do this again. Some other yeah, time. yeah, yeah. It's really fun. Yeah, for sure. We can uh, bring everybody back and maybe see by mid-season how everybody's predictions are going. So yeah, I hope we have all this recorded. <laughs> oh yeah, don't worry, it'll be here. Especially some of the boss's takes. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> when the Lions go like three and thirteen, you can bring this video back. <laughs> Perfect. All right, sounds good, everybody. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next time. Thank you very much. All right, and again, we'd like to thank Charlie Bevins, Nick Canzaneri, Abbas Dadwala, and Jacob Ellis for joining us on our first roundtable discussion. And below, I think I speak for both of us when I say that this was really fun to record. And to have so many different members of the Radio DePaul sports staff, both past and present, coming together virtually to chat football, it was just, it was a really nice time. Couldn't have said it better myself, Trenton. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the news surrounding week one. Uh, locally here with the Bears, the biggest news had been who was going to be our starting quarterback, either Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky. And uh, we found that out this past weekend that uh, Trubisky will retain the starting quarterback position. Yeah, they're, uh, they're putting Trubisky in there. I, we talked a little bit about this before, but I don't know how I, how I feel about this. Um, Trubisky's always been surrounded by a whole lot of positives and negatives. Um, and since we weren't able to see him in a preseason game this year, Right? It's kind of, you know, what are we going to get when the season starts? I mean, every news report that came out of this said that the competition was literally as fair as they possibly could have made it. So it gives me a, a good sense that it was a, actually a fair competition. And you did bring in a big, uh, you did bring in a Nick Foles through a trade. So, I mean, they were looking for something. And, um, no, they said in the end Mitch won the job, so we're going to see how this all plays out. And it's got to be a good confidence booster for him in a way oh, how yeah, he's able definitely. to come through this. I mean, in a in an offseason where both Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson got a new contract, and of course they're, they're drafted in the same year that Trubisky was, and Trubisky, meanwhile, had his his option and his contract declined by the Bears. You know, that's... It's got a, it's got a sting a little bit for him, so yeah, for sure, definitely good for him to be able to win this starting job and hopefully keep it through the season. I mean, you want that out of your guy, though. How he could cash in next year if he does perform to a high standard, and the guy has a winning record. No one, not many people realize this. I think I mentioned in the roundtable, but. His rookie year, we were horrible. We had that Mike Glennon situation for like four games, and then 
he comes in off the bench and had barely played in college. And so he has a 23 and 18 record and just that stat in itself is pretty impressive. And it's just going to be interesting to see how he performs. They said, though, he's going to be the quarterback for the entire game. So they're not going to, like, pull him out half at halftime if he decides if he's not good enough. You think the Bears will stick with him throughout the entire season, or are we going to see a little Nick Foles here and there? The only way Nick Foles gets on the field is if Trubisky plays really awful. There's no way Nick Foles gets on the field any other way, barring any type of injury. If And statistically and historically, Trubisky's always done well against the Lions. So this is going to be a good game for him to get start off the season on a high note. Yeah, it's going to be fun to showcase what the new offense has to offer, for sure. I'm hoping it resembles the 2018 offense and not the 2019 <laughs> offense. Do you... Do you have dreams of that offense? <laughs> yeah, I would go back and I've gone back and watched the highlights of some of those games. And that offense was just fun to watch. You had creativity on all sides. When you have to get off to a strong start. And once you get off to a strong start and you build a lead, that way you can spread it around and be more creative. But if you're playing from behind, then creativity goes out the window because you're always playing catch up. For sure. And, uh, you know, you, you just got to hope that. The Bears start off with a healthy roster and there's not any any injuries going down the line to any key starters. Agreed. And um, so one good thing the Bears have been doing uh, over this past offseason is putting together, together their own little um, behind-the-scenes training camp show called 1920 Football Drive, which we've mentioned in the past. And this week was their final episode in which they discussed social justice issues. They showed their scrimmage at Soldier Field, which they had about a week ago, and the quarterback competition. So this, again, provided another behind-the-scenes view into just the day-to-day operations the Bears have been going through in recent times. Yeah, and um, I think it's really helpful, especially in a off-season where there's no preseason to see the players that teams like the Bears are putting out this footage online for their fans and, you know, whoever wants to see all these players in action, whether it's in the locker room or on the practice field or, you know, just talking and being, being themselves in general. My favorite part of that was to just see the scrimmage aspect of the episode because they literally went down and broke down the coaches to show the coaches meeting on how to um, how game day will look like they planned it out as if the scrimmage is a real game so they told everyone what buses will be going to the stadium what time everything will be what time warm-ups will be etc etc so it felt like and they practiced in the stadium too so it was just something like that was really um, interesting to see the the detail everything goes into in a game day preparation, especially with the coronavirus still lingering around. Yeah, and anytime soon. And um, I I don't know if it's 
just, you know, the Bears or maybe every team is doing that. But it just feels to me kind of like how there's a story about Bill Belichick having, I think, Brian Hoyer in a scrimmage or a practice go down with like a, a fake ankle injury just to see how fast the offense can react and, you know, get another quarterback on the field. So it's definitely, it's definitely that year to have a lot of contingency plans, like as many as possible. So yeah, exactly. It's a good way to simulate any possible scenario that might arise in the game. And speaking of contingency plans, Von Miller, he, he suffered what is described as a, a freak accident injury uh, during a practice. Yeah. Um, they said it's reported that his, he has a dislocated, I don't know how to say it, perennial per, yeah, tendon, which apparently is, could be described as a tendon flipped over the ankle bone. And Yikes. it's going to be, yeah, that sounds. That sounds terrible. It's going to be out for five to six months. And this just happened. Um, and the best case scenario they say here is that it could be three months, but five to six months is a long time. So he's, he's done. Yeah, that's, that's not good, especially for a defense that last year didn't fully come together under Broncos coach Vic Fangio, who was, of course, uh, the Bears' previous defensive coordinator. Um, you know, last year they lost Bradley Chubb to injury uh, at some point during the season, and, you know, it, it just wasn't the same, but Von Miller was still there, and now this year to lose Von Miller at the beginning of the season, like less less than a week away from their first game, is just so rough. I mean, they don't have much depth behind Von Miller. Yeah, and he only had like eight sacks last year, which is pretty low for a player of his caliber. So he was probably going to have a breakout year this year. And but uh, also, what the reports are saying is that this injury heals completely, usually, and doesn't have any effect. So he's going to be out for a while, but it won't affect him going further. Yeah, thirty-one years old though is Von Miller, so he's. Getting a little up there in age. I'm still going to be able to manage. You um, had some new contracts that got recently signed, especially like this morning with uh, the Rams and Jalen Ramsey signing a five-year, $105 million contract extension. That's a, that's a pretty solid deal for him, I think. Definitely, for sure. $71.2 million guaranteed. 21 million a year. Yeah, for for a cornerback, that's that's massive. <laughs> it's uh I mean, he was hoping to get one. So he I think he had one year left on his current deal with the Rams cuz they traded to get him from Jacksonville. So it's uh it's it's a it's a monster deal and I think he's one of the isn't he the highest paid defensive player now? Yeah, highest paid uh, defensive back defensive in NFL back, history. Yeah, yeah. It I, seems like every new deal now becomes a highest paid in history deal. Yeah, and 
sometimes it's surprising names, you know, uh, players that you don't really think are deserving. And of course, that's not to say Jalen Ramsey is not deserving of this. He's definitely one of the NFL's premier elite cornerbacks right now. But yeah, you, you bring up an interesting point there. Uh, it's also interesting just considering the financial situation that Los Angeles has found themselves in. According to Over the Cap, um, there's, at the time that this deal was made, they were still 600000 over the salary cap, which I think they have to get that down to some below that before the season starts. It, tomorrow or maybe when their game starts, I'm not exactly sure of the exact date, but they still have to figure that out if they haven't already. And they've been carrying still $36 million in dead money, which they would have disturbed sorry, which they're still paying to Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, and Clay Matthews, who are no longer part of the team. So, I mean, just the way that they were to get this to work must have been some financial magic going on over there. And it already feels like kind of a while since Los Angeles was in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, right? Um, if It felt like before when they had – that great offense and they had the defense it felt like they were in win now mode and with with this kind of massive deal it feels like they're still trying to stay in that win now mode but yeah i don't i don't know if they're they're built to be able to go back through the playoffs and to another super bowl considering how loaded their division is right now with contenders Exactly. I mean, I saw today that they ranked third in their division last year, and then I had to think who's in their division that they ranked third in. Then I realized, oh, the Seahawks and the 49ers. That's why they were third. Yeah, would would hate to be in a division with those two teams. Um, it, it, it's kind of rough to be the Rams right now. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, Sean McVay is also very smart offensive genius so he will he'll be able to get her work and they got the defense side of the ball locked up and they got Aaron Donald still so can't go wrong with those people and continuing with the contract news of recent times DeAndre Hopkins recently signed just signed a uh, two-year extension with the Cardinals for 54 and a half million dollars which interesting fact about this deal is that most team players have agents negotiating on their behalf. Hopkins did the negotiation on his own this time. 90% himself is what he says. That's a, that's a pretty cool move by him. Yeah, it is. And he says he wants to run an organization, be a GM one day. So this is like, this could be like a practice run for him having to negotiate and deal with this type of um, situation. Yeah, and we've definitely seen players do it. I mean, uh, John Elway, uh, GM of the Denver Broncos right now, former player turned GM. Um, Ozzie Newsome as well. He was a old-time yeah. tight end. He was All with famer tight end. the Ravens for a very long time. Ever since um, the Ravens became a team. yeah. And then uh, John Lynch as well for the 49ers. John Lynch, mm-hmm. former NFL safety. So, yeah, hopefully 
DeAndre Hopkins can uh, make his way into a front office somewhere, although he still does have a lot of a lot of career to play. He's only 28 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other notable players who were who've taken this initiative on their own to negotiate their own contract is uh, Richard Sherman, Sherman, Bobby Wagner, and uh, Russell Okun. Just a few people, which there probably have been many more, but these are just some of the more big time players. It's uh, I can't I can uh. Expect of some agents that weren't happy about it, but it's their loss. <laughs> they they couldn't help them. Um, all right, so this is going to this is really interesting. That I saw the other day, um, Colin Kaepernick. He's been out of the league since what twenty sixteen, I believe. Twenty sixteen, yeah. But he's making a return to Madden. This this is a very interesting move. Um, especially because they rated him very, very high in Madden. I think For a guy who hasn't played in a long time, yeah. Yeah, for a guy who hasn't played in a long time. What is, is he, 81, I think? Yes, 81 overall, which makes him the 16th highest rated quarterback in the game <laughs> right now. He's ahead of uh, quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield, uh, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Cam Newton. He's... It it feels kind of like what they did with Gronkowski. Uh, they made Gronkowski, I think, one of the highest rated tight ends in this year's Madden as well, even though he missed a season. Well, they have a lot to go off of that, though, for him, because he's only, again, like you just said, he's only missed one year. Kaepernick's been out four years. Right, and it Madden makes him a very uh, a very dynamic player in their game. So, I don't know. Is this is this kind of like a, a shaded shot at NFL teams for not signing him? It could be. It could be honestly. And and EA Sports has always had a, I've seen a good relationship with Kaepernick. So they just wanted to put him in the game so that teams, no, sorry, players can just put him on their team if they wanted to uh, play with him. The entire point of Madden is to have fun and play a football game. And one of their key aspects is to build your own team. So adding Kaepernick is just another way that players can have their experience. Yeah. You can uh, choose whatever franchise you want and uh, have him be at the helm of a rebuild. Speaking of which, actually, um, I think they said something about Madden 21 being free to play from, I believe, Thursday to Saturday in honor of the NFL opening weekend. So I do not know about that, but if that is the <laughs> case, then perfect. Yeah, go ahead. Try out uh, Colin Kaepernick at quarterback. Yep. All right, so I'm going to close out this segment with uh, one last piece of news. Uh, Steelers linebacker Ryan Shazier has uh, officially retired from the NFL. I don't know if you remember Trenton, but in December 2017, uh, Shazier suffered a very, very serious um, spinal injury. Yeah, yeah, spinal contusion. I uh, 
I remember seeing that play and yeah. um, that was, that was hard to watch. Um, you know, any, any injury like that, it, it really reminded me of Johnny Knox. Johnny Knox. Yes. There we go. Um, back, back injuries, spinal injuries are just so, so rough. Um, and he's, Ryan Shazier still made appearances. Uh, I believe there was one NFL draft where he walked to the podium mm-hmm. to announce the Steelers pick. That was amazing to see. Um, you know, he always said that he wanted to try and return to football. Um, and, you know, it was, it was a long shot for him, of course. Um, you just, you always hate to see such a, a terrible injury. But, you know, we can only hope that he can regain the at least, you know, most of, if not all of the quality of life that he, he used to have. Great part in the Steelers, though, is that after, even after the injury, they still kept him with the team mm-hmm. and put him on the physically unable to perform list so he was able to still receive medical attention through the uh, team's facilities. Yeah, and, and that was just a really great move on their part. Like, you'd, you'd love to see that out of teams. Uh, when the Bears had Zach Miller and he had his – yeah, that, to his his leg, uh, dislocated knee or something like that. Yeah, no, yeah, that knee was in a, such a bad position where they said they possibly they have to could have amputated. Amputate it, yeah. It, yeah. Um, and the Bears kept him for the for next season year. as well. Yeah, even though he was he was definitely never going to play again, they they kept him. That was. It's the least they can do to a better mm-hmm. player. Right, and then you see it again with uh. Washington and Alex Smith. Alex Smith and that recovery yeah. is a great story. Alex Smith is one of the best quarterbacks he recently played, and a lot of the teams who have he's played for haven't really treated him as well. Mm-hmm. They just move him around, just like as if he's nothing. But Washington has done a really good um, thing with him, and who knows, one day he could actually really return that back to the field. I'd love to see that. See that. Yeah, it would be incredible. And uh, with with how Washington is looking as a team right now, Alex Smith's story is, is definitely a positive that you want to take away from. Yeah, there are a lot of issues going on with that team at the moment. And exactly, Alex Smith is a silver lining. Um. It's one thing I want to read, though, from Shazier's statement, which was really uh, – he put out a statement for his retirement. Just one small paragraph I want to read. Um, it says, when you play the game of football the way I did, you convince yourself you're Superman, that nothing can stop you. But then the moment I got hurt, I stopped being Superman, and that was difficult to make sense. The way I look at it, God put us all here for a purpose. For 20 years, he let me play football, and now it's time for me to do what he wants me to do. I mean, that's just a powerful statement right there. Like, he's at peace with moving on and living the rest of his life. Yeah, and, um, you know, you just got to wonder what his next chapter is going to look like. You know, is he going to continue to be a part of an NFL team, maybe on the front office? On the coaching staff? Right. Or is he going to 
you know, be a, a voice for football and, you know, make some changes on, a, on another level. So definitely. All right. So with the season about to start tomorrow, the NFL power rankings have been put out and, uh, Let's dive into NFL.com's power rankings. All these different outlets have their own, but let's stick to the NFL.com power rankings. So they they rank, not to anyone's surprise, they have the Chiefs ranked number one still. Uh, the 49ers are second. The Ravens are third. Saints are fourth. Titans are five. Bills are six. Cowboys, seven. Packers, eight. Seahawks nine and Vikings ten. These are just the top ten. But is there anything from this list that has surprised you, or you feel that you would have ranked in a different position? Yeah, I'm. When you said uh, Tennessee Titans that NFL.com has put them at number five, I I sort of threw a a kind of like really kind of look at you. Same here. Same here. <laughs> I was. Not that they're a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. They went to the AFC Championship game, but to put them as the fifth, I would I probably would have kept them in the top ten, mm-hmm. maybe a couple spots lower. Yeah, um, and I don't know if the Jadevian Clowney signing by them is you know enough to catapult them all the way up there. Of course, you know Derrick Henry is going to be. Derrick Henry, right? He's gonna he's gonna run over people. Um, Ryan Tannehill, comeback player of the year last year, but he didn't really perform well in the playoffs. And part of that was due to Derrick Henry just running over everybody in their way. But you know, when it when it really mattered, Tannehill was not able to perform for them and you know keep them in that Super Bowl race. Yeah, and. Um... The what was I gonna say? I was gonna say the Bucks should have been little. I was thinking the Bucks would be at like ten because they're ranked yeah. at thirteenth right now. I'm saying you still got Tom Brady. You're not going to the Bucks are what I'm thinking. They're better than the Vikings. They're uh, yeah, they're better than the Vikings. There's the Vikings would probably I'd switch spots and put them in thirteen and. Bring the Bucks up to ten. What other team I was thinking? Dallas. Yeah, Dallas doesn't belong at seven. Dallas <laughs> has been a very inconsistent team who has all the talent, but then they will not produce. Yeah, they're they're great on paper, but I don't know. They're it's, great uh... on paper because they've been falling behind in a lot of games, and they need to catch up. That's why they put up such big statistical performances and you have all these players on your team Zeke, Dak, Mari Cooper um, who they just drafted was a really speedy receiver C.D. Lamb C.D. Lamb you have all these talent but you couldn't make the playoffs last year after playing in the NFC East and that was a that was a division that was up for grabs for anybody, really. That, that division's always up for grabs every year. No one's ever dominated that division. Mm-hmm. What What was interesting is that the Houston Texans were not in that that top ten list. And of course, I know 
they don't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore uh, <laughs> because of Bill, Bill O'Brien being like, oh, bye-bye. But, you know, when you have a team with Deshaun Watson and how he can extend plays and literally make magic out of anything, I, I thought he would be a little higher. Uh, the Texans right now are rated at 16, mm-hmm. and that, that just doesn't yep. feel right to me. I mean, these are going to change as the season progresses, and these are also individual people's opinions. Other websites are going to have other um, viewpoints and perspectives. It's just going to be interesting to see. It's just interesting to see how everyone has put them right before the season starts. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's a big moment right here. Let's go through and uh, pick every week one game that for All right. the coming week. We already did this with uh, our other panelists in our roundtable, and now we'll yeah. be doing it ourselves. Yeah, we may have given a couple picks during that session, but I think we mostly kept it to save it for now. Mostly tried to keep it secret, as Bill Belichick would do. <laughs> <laughs> we think he does it better than us, though. We spilled some beans. Uh, all right, so the Texans at, at the Chiefs, tomorrow night's opener. I'm going to take Chiefs. Uh, I like Clyde Edwards Ilier, their rookie running back. I think he's very shifty. He adds a, another dynamic to their offense that they didn't have, even when they had uh, Damian Williams running away with the ball. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Uh, let's go with the Eagles at Washington. Ooh, this is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Eagles just because Washington football team is kind of a mess right now. Yeah, I'm going with Eagles as well. <laughs> uh, Dolphins and Patriots. Patriots for sure. Uh, never, never count against Bill Belichick, no matter what you do. Exactly, Patriots. <laughs> Here as well. Uh, Packers and Vikings. Oh man, uh, I want to go Vikings because Gary Kubiak is calling run plays over there. Um, oh, yeah, Gary Kubiak, yeah, old Broncos head coach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go Vikings, uh, and also because I can't pick the Packers. Yeah, I'm going to Vikings as well. Um, <laughs> I picked the Packers to win one game in my entire life, and they lost that one game. But week 17, 2012, Packers versus Vikings. They lost. It, it scarred you for life. I mean, I may be completely – the Packers could win. I'm not saying they're not going to. I'm just saying – I have a very dumb reason for not being able to pick the Packers. And no, I, I, with it. I think it's very reasonable. It's very reasonable below. All right. Colts at Jaguars. Uh, I got to go Colts. Um, Jaguars are, I don't know what they're doing either. <laughs> yeah, same here. Colts. They, yeah, they've, Jaguars have made some bad moves over the past year. And their quarterback is Gardner Minshew, which, Played well at times, but he's also still unproven. Yeah, and the Colts have Philip Rivers, which yeah, of course you know don't don't count don't out Philip Rivers. No. <laughs> All right, Bears at the Lions. Oh man, I. You have to think I, about this one, Trenton. I want to. Well, okay. You know, yeah, make you, know <laughs> well, you know, my heart says Bears, but uh, when I'm thinking about what the Bills have on offense, but yeah, I'm gonna go Bears. Okay, good. <laughs> Wait, you said Bills or? Oh, Lions. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the Lions offense. Oh. 
Yeah, I'm, going, I'm going with the Bears as well. Um, Raiders at Panthers. Oh man, uh, do I do I want to go with uh, Gruden and Josh Jacobs, or do I want to go with new head coach Matt Rowe and new quarterback Teddy Bridgewater? Oh, I I think I'm going to have to go Raiders on this one. First one disagree with. I'm going with Panthers. Okay, all right. I I don't blame you, honestly. Um, this this seems like a, a game that either team could win. All right, Jets and Bills. Uh Bills. <laughs> Same here. Bills. Uh, Jets are one of those other teams where it's like I, I don't know what's happening with them. Browns at Ravens. Oh man. Well, now we have uh Kevin Stefanski, the old. Vikings offensive coordinator. Now the, the Browns, Browns go through head, head coach. coaches. Like, <laughs> I don't know. They just go through them so often. They have, <laughs> they have a new head coach. The Browns, are you saying the Browns go through uh, head coaches faster than Bill O'Brien goes through star players? Perfect. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm going to have to go with the Ravens. Of course, yeah, Ravens. reigning MVP Lamar Jackson. Seahawks and Falcons. Seahawks. Russell Wilson is just magic. Exactly. <laughs> Seahawks. Chargers and Bengals. Ooh, this is interesting. There's been a lot of hype about uh, new Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow. The only first overall pick to win his rookie year. First game, sorry, not rookie year. First game was in Derek Carr in like 2002. Ooh. All, everyone else is, I believe, 0-11. So I'm going with the uh, Chargers. You're siding with history. All right. I'm going to go Chargers too. Uh, They're definitely the more stable organization right now. Cardinals at Niners. Okay. Um, This might be where we disagree again. I'm going to go with the upset and the Cardinals just because they are absolutely loaded on offense and they have rookie Isaiah Simmons to – Patrol their defense. Yeah, I'm going with the Niners. <laughs> Jimmy G. There we go. Uh, Bucks and Saints. Oh, this is such a tough one. Uh, I gotta go. I gotta go. With Drew Brees. Um, the Saints are the more established team right now. I am going with the Bucks. Okay. Tom All right. The Gronk. <laughs> that'll be that'll be a fun game to watch. And there's Either no, way. There's going to be no fans, so it's not like the Superdome's going to play a big impact on it anyway. Yeah. Um, I could see it as either a, a crazy game with two future MVP – or no, not – well, future both Hall have – yeah, Hall of Fame, two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks slugging it out, you know, high stakes, high scoring, or it'll be two old aging quarterbacks – it's just like throwing wounded ducks. <laughs> Cowboys at Rams. Oh, I'm going to have to go Cowboys on this one. I'm going with the Rams at home. Okay. <clears throat> That's a good point. That's fair. Uh, Steelers at Giants. Oh. Big Ben uh-huh. first game back. Big Ben's first game back. That's right. Um, After missing I, what fourteen games last year? Yeah, I worry about Big Ben. He's he's had injury issues the last season or two. 
he's had injury issues his whole career, but he's <laughs> that's true. He's been always good and he's always come back. Yeah. Um honestly I think I'll have to go from whatever the Steelers had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go Steelers on this one. Same here. Steelers. Our last game, the second Monday night game, Titans at Broncos. I I think you already know which team I'm gonna be picking here. I'm gonna go with uh the Denver Broncos. Well, I'm sorry, my friend. I'm going with the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. Although, you know, as much as I'd, I'd love to go with the Broncos on this one, it kind of hurts a little bit knowing that they're not going to have Von Miller out there, whereas so the Titans. No, I don't think so. I, I not still keeping feel your like... pick? Or, you... or no, I am. I am keeping my pick. Okay, hold on, make sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I just hope that Drew Locke will be able to – showcases talents well that's going to be the big question for every team this year that's true especially in these first few weeks yeah can you, you believe- have- yeah continue can you believe it that uh football is is going to be back we're going to have a game in tomorrow night this time mm-hmm. we're going to be Watch, watching the game. Yeah, doesn't it seem crazy? After everything that's happened this year, yeah, it does. But I'm glad. It's one of the happier things you can take away from recent times. Yeah, and it's uh, it's definitely going to take, hopefully, a lot of people's minds off of everything that's happening in the world right now, but also, you know, reminding people what's going to be what's happening in the world right now. Because of course, as we talked in our last episode, the NFL is putting, uh, putting the, the paint in the end zones and they're going to be having the, the black national anthem also. So, you know, it's a, it's a good reminder as well. Exactly. All right. So I think that does it for our episode here. Um, so thank you for listening to the by the laces podcast. Uh, we will be back next week recapping the first week and previewing week two and uh, we hope you all enjoyed the return of football in the meantime don't forget to follow us at bill malik 15 and trent underscore cedo and uh please stay safe and uh wear a mask